What's up, yo? Thanks for tuning in Asian Bitches Down Under, the podcast all about sharing information and perspectives from the Asian diaspora point of view in society and culture. We encourage you to subscribe to our show by Apple, Google or Spotify or any podcast platform of your choice. And we welcome our listeners to support our show by sending us comments, give us review and share our podcast with your fellow podcast lovers. Make sure you check out the episode's show notes for any collaborations we are working with to promote. Thanks again and we hope you enjoy today's show. Hi, this is Helen from Asian Speeches Down Under and on this extra episode, I have the interview with Natalie and Sabrina from Slanton's Theatre who is currently running the production of The Three Fat Virgins Unassembled. The script is written by Ovidia Yu. So the play is set in Singapore in the 90s. Three Fat Virgins Unassembled is a blistering satire about women in impossible situations judged by equally impossible standard. Um, Slayton Theatre poses the question, have things changed for women after 30 years? Are our struggles the same? Do the women of today have a different story to tell? I'm actually very looking forward to this play because firstly, it's nice to see a live performance again. And secondly, that it is an all-female Asian crew. It is very rare to see an all-Asian female production crew here in Australia. I feel like I will relate very much to this because it's about something that more than just being a woman, we see a lot of feminism movies, um, dramas that had always been pretty much focused on the experience of white women. And in this play, I think you'll be combining certain culture aspects that perhaps rarely appears in Australian mainstream theatre productions. So I would like to introduce our guest on this show. To the members from the production Street Fat Virgins Unassemble, this production is directed by Tiffany Wan and I have the honour to speak to Natalie, the drama tag, and Sabrina, the performer of the show. So, hello, this is Helen from Asian Bitches Down Under and it is my pleasure today we have Sabrina and Natalie with me to talk about Slant Theatre and their latest production, The Three Fat Virgins Unassembled. So um, welcome, uh, Sabrina and Natalie. I would like to ask our guests about, uh, to check in with their mental well-being. How have you been doing since the coming out of lock the lockdown and how are you feeling? Uh, sure. Uh, no, things have been okay. It's definitely strange to have to wander back into the world again. Um, but no, it's been good, especially being able to kind of go straight into doing Three Fat Virgins right after lockdown has been really, really nice and really um, a light, I think, <laughs> in, in all this chaos as well. Mm, yeah. Mm. How about you, Serena? Yeah, it's been so strange because, um, well, for lots of reasons here in Sydney, you know, we had quite a long lockdown mm -hmm. this year. and. The, this show was originally supposed to go on in September and um, we sort of started to do a few Zoom rehearsals in June and then quickly realised that it wasn't going ahead. So when lockdown ended and everything opened back up again, um, it, you know, going back to work and going and seeing friends and going to do anything that wasn't just sitting in your house or going for walks around the block was such a... It, like I really felt that shift and and we launched straight into this production and um, 
which was amazing. And I think the sort of day after lockdown ended, we all turned up at the King's Cross Theatre. Oh, okay. Like, amazing. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> We'd met on Zoom. And so everyone was just these, had been these disembodied heads for a while. And then we like got to see each other in real life. And I think it's like quite an emotional yeah. time. And, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I went to the theatre last night um, to the Belvoir and I got a bit emotional. I was like, oh, my God, remember how, like, I love TV. Mm -hmm. I love sitting in my lounge room watching TV, but it's pretty special to be back in a room with people coming together mm -hmm. and having fun and enjoying a show and mm -hmm. feeling feelings. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. I just went to a concert last weekend and you just feel surreal isn't you coming back and see real people performing on stage <laughs> yeah okay so my first question for both of you is that can you tell us about your background maybe your qualification and how you got into theatre let's um start with you Natalie sure um so I'm Natalie I'm from Singapore and previously I had done a um diploma in mass communication uh, before venturing into the world of marketing and communications. And after that, I was just like, I actually really, really love theater. Mm -hmm. So I made my way over to Sydney uh, to study a Bachelor of Dramatic Art. And now I'm here and I'm graduating at the end of this year. Um, still really, I think, fresh and new to the Sydney theater scene, but it has become so wonderful the last three years being able to be exposed to it all. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to being able to know more about Sydney and the world of the arts here. Yeah, it's fantastic. How about you? Yeah. yeah, I um, well, I uh, went to Theatre Nepean, which is an acting school um, as part of the University of Western Sydney, which is a really fantastic course that sadly, I think maybe no longer exists. Mm. Um, so I did that straight out of school and when I finished I was a bit like oh and everyone was getting agents and stuff and I was like 19 or 20 and I I thought of, I thought about the kind of theatre or art or performance that I wanted to be involved in and I knew it one I knew it wasn't necessarily TV or um, or even conventional theatre, or maybe conventional is not the right word to use these days, but I guess how I saw it at the time. So I was just really drawn to um, comedy and physical comedy and visual comedy and I guess like non-text based types of performance. Mm -hmm. I went to the, the VCA in Melbourne and did a postgrad course in puppetry and after that just got like turned into a full puppet nerd and was just puppeting all over the country and I worked overseas a bit and just loved it for years and years and then um, a few kind of five or so years into it you know puppet puppeteering is like a lot of um, wearing under you're under some heavy black blanket crouched in a cupboard with your hand like getting <laughs> cramps so like it's not it's not as glamorous as everyone might think it is <laughs> um so i i kind of like had a rethink of what i what i like where my heart was at with the kind of theater i wanted to be involved in 
and we had we had done a, a bit of clowning in second year of, of the course and I really loved it and it was kind of I mean the total opposite to puppetry where puppetry is like you're hidden and you're kind of got this essentially like mask in front of you which mm. is the puppet and all your expression and all your movement all that sort of stuff goes through the puppet and and I and I thought about clowning and the and clowning is so much about taking all the things off and being your weird little vulnerable open self and I and I just like love I love that kind of comedy and grew up watching Mr Bean and yeah. um, Charlie Chaplin and Buster, Buster Keaton and Abbott and Costello like the classic vaudeville kind of clowns and I was like oh I think I maybe want to be a clown and did some more training and um and then I, I got a job as a clown doctor in the children's hospitals um, about eight years ago. And yeah, I guess my performance practice outside of that has kind of gone alongside the sort of comedy of, and clown. And even though my theatre practice is, I would never necessarily call it clown and I don't wear a red nose or anything, It is. it has sort of like those sorts of comedy sensibilities I think and that kind of my my sort of I don't know when I think about like doing shows or writing things like I the first thing is that I want people to have a laugh mm -hmm. and then other things come that so I think right. clown or like that kind of comedy does drive my kind of performance uh spirit I guess Wow, that's that's so amazing. That's such a you know a heaps of experience that you had, yeah. Um, right, you didn't ask for my whole life story, but I gave it. To <laughs> um, the next question that I have is, uh, what prompt the establishing of the Slant Theatre? Um, to be specific, I should be asking both of your position or involvement in the theatre with this question as well. As in, what do you do? Um, in the production what position that you hold and also i want to ask like how was it all started at the very first place yeah so natalie maybe yeah um yeah so with three five virgins and assembled i had gone to watch slanted do ching chong chinaman at the beginning of this year um and i was just so taken away that there was you know a, com a theater company that was so determined to be able to represent like um, Asian theater makers mm -hmm. or Asian Australian theater makers. And so I reached out to Tiffany and said that I was very interested in being a part of any project that you were doing in the future. If you're, in, if, if you were looking for people. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think like literally a week later, she had posted that she was looking for like Singaporean theater makers in Sydney. And I was like, that's me. I am one. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the stars really aligned for that one. And she was doing Three Fat Virgins. And so I I joined the comp um, I joined the show as a dramaturge, which is really being able to provide any sort of information for the cast, for the crew, um, the world of Singapore, really establishing the world in the play itself. You know, obviously with discussion with Tiffany, like what she wanted in terms of delivering in the in the play. Um, and any questions that they had, they can ask me any sort of references that they didn't really get. I would be able to hopefully answer it for them. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And 
And I think it has been so beautiful being able to watch Slanted, especially with Three Fat Virgins and Assembled, because we're all Asian and we're all female. And it's so rare to be able to come across any, you know, um, production mm-hmm. that does that. Yeah. And there is that sense of empowerment and that sense of, I think, almost freeing that you're able to kind of sit, especially for a show like this, with the story that we're telling and know that the people behind the making of the show are also, you know, may or may not have gone through these experiences mm-hmm. and and share and relate to each other with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have to kind of mention that Tiffany is the, she's the director of the production, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, she is, yeah. And how about you, Sabrina? Have you been with the production long? Well, I this is my first production with Slanted Theatre and I um I think I just came uh, across like a ca- like a cast notice on like a diversity arts yeah. Facebook group or something, and was also like Natalie said really struck by the um, yeah just by the kind of call out of not just cast but also crew as well um, to for female identifying Asian Australian. Um, creatives so um it's it's pretty rare like i think it's a interesting time in sydney and in australia and like you do see you know i think things move have are moving from like tokenistic like oh there's a person yeah, of color yeah mm-hmm. yeah performative um to like real you know kind of people of color led productions um and yeah a way that has moved beyond that sort of initial like mm-hmm. look we have we're not all white anymore mm-hmm. um and that's it's very exciting and i think that's true of the indie sector and of true of the more mainstream main stage kind of production companies as well um but yeah so i i'm one of the cast members i play uh virgin a there's three Three virgins, as the title suggests, in the cast, and a narrator character um, that is called Woman. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm one of three virgins, and you know, it's interesting what Nat was saying about her position as a dramaturg, which is so valuable in this production because um, all the cast members are um, have Asian backgrounds, mm-hmm. but we're all kind of you know quite diverse in amongst that and um and and none of us really have lived experience of singapore Mm -hmm. so to have nat and also tiffany's kind of very kind of insightful perspectives has been really amazing and it's funny because the play's located in singapore in the 90s so it's you know 30 years old now Mm -hmm. but it's very yeah you know i think the kind of the great writing means that it kind of goes beyond the sort of time and place specifics and means that, you know, it's pretty depressingly relevant today. <laughs> yeah. The kind of things that these women go through and mm-hmm. the, the sort of the situations that they find themselves in, the kind of standards that, that they're sort of pitted against. Um, it's all quite, yeah, you, it's it's very relatable, I think, I think 30 years later. So it's quite it's quite interesting. Yeah. Um, speaking of what you just talked about, how relatable it is, I do feel a sense that 
we had a bit of progress in the movement of feminism. I mean, you talked about that. You listened to our, a couple of our episodes and the issues that we spoke of. However, that even nowadays, you know, 30 years later, we still have this kind of script that we want to kind of bring out the awareness onto like the public. Um, so on specifically, three fat virgins unassembled um, without giving up too much spoilers or revealing too much of it. What's the story and how did it came about all together? Would you like to? <laughs> sure. So Three Fat Virgins Unassembled uh, is by a Singaporean playwright. Her name's Avidia Yu. And um, it's a, I, I think it's a sort of a, sort of a tragedy comedy, sort of a like documentary style um, kind of vignette, a series of vignettes. And I think, uh, like I just mentioned, you know, there are these three virgins and they're not, they don't, have names necessarily, although characters within the play definitely have names. And I think the sort of Virgin A, B and C is a deliberate kind of, um, I don't know, sort of a blank slate for uh, you know, the sort of every woman. Yeah. It yeah. uh, allows a kind of playfulness of like, um, you know, actors playing characters, which we do play a lot of. Um, and the sort of, I think it, there's a bit of humour in that in, you know, the, the character called woman in the text, it plays all of these men, male characters. Oh. Um, and so these four people, Virgin A, B and C and woman, kind of um, keep finding themselves in these scenarios and playing out these situations um, that are actually quite a spectrum of like, ridiculous and like bit sort of like wild and hilarious and absurd to then quite I think like heartbreakingly real and mm. tender and um kind of fraught with you know really uh, yeah I, I I think kind of emotional kind of realness mm-hmm. and I think the sort of the playing of all of these different characters is this allows for this not like a magic realist but this other reality of the show that um you know is kind of at once realistic and naturalistic but also in the next moment quite sort of like wild and fantastical so you kind of follow these characters um and there's quite a handful of characters in these scenarios and essentially these three women these three virgins who are playing out these different scenarios in their lives. And I guess, you know, one of the things I think that it's about, as well as patriarchal systems and, you know, entrenched misogynistic kind of attitudes in society and things more specific to Singapore as well, um, I think like female friendship and loneliness and, yeah, I think that's a big part of it too and something Mm. that strikes me in amongst all the like wild comedy and absurd situations is these the sort of loneliness and isolation of these women as they're sort of mm. all cast out dealing with their own, you know, whether it's like cheating, you know, horrible husband type or this sort of Harvey Weinstein boss character or like these women find themselves like a bit adrift and alone and 
attempting to reach out to other women, but finding that also quite difficult. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm really struck by maybe things are are different now, you know, since the 30 years, but I, I think that is still the case where women can often seek solace and community with each other. But it is also a kind of a, a lonely oppression of being a minority is essentially a really kind of lonely and isolating experience. So mm-hmm. I think you get the heart of that as well of like, mm-hmm. yeah, these women dealing with these situations kind of by themselves. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's just very full on. I feel like you spoke, you just mentioned a lot of women's experience through maybe dating, relationships and friendships. Yeah. yeah. Do you have anything to add on, Nandley? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's really the power of a video use writing is that she just tells it as, as it is, you know, she really just, um, I think holds a mirror really up to the audience when you, when you watch it as well. And really makes you think about you, like even me, when I, when I watched the rehearsals and when I first, um, listened to them, you know, really perform the script, it was like, oh, how do I, as a woman, you know, deal with you know anything that I face in the society but also how do I help my fellow female friends who go through the same thing like there's that need of like oh my gosh um like Sabrina said that loneliness mm-hmm. that you feel you, you f- sometimes I think you deal with these situations and you feel like no one else understands me mm-hmm. because maybe no one else also goes through the same thing but then you 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 know you watch this show and you go oh actually no we all actually go through the same thing, and there's something perfectly okay with being able to seek solace in other people and other friends. And I think something about the show that is so interesting as well is that commentary on how much you know with sort of this society that's been so with misogyny being so internalized. How do we as women also then have been affected by that? Mm-hmm. And how do we treat other women as well? I, I do think that it's changing and it is a conversation that we're all talking about. Mm-hmm. But um, I do think that it is a little bit of a wake-up call sometimes when you when you listen to the to the writings of it of this story. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it is a very not only amongst our own similar age, I think it's a bit of generational between women as well. I often see a lot of women who are in the older generation that they don't walk out of certain oppression from the misogynist um, framework and they mm. put that kind of pressure onto the younger <laughs> generation mm. of women. So like me being like I, I've got a, I've got a year old daughter and I'm trying to break out that kind of cycle myself as well mm. and kind of giving maybe present as a um not as a model, but something like an example to my friends as well, because I do see certain things that's going to be becoming like a cycle. Yeah. That's such a thing in the show, I think, as well, the intergenerational. Like mm. there's, a, there's a few relationships that are mother-daughter, relationships that kind of speak to just exactly what you mentioned, Helen, like it, that sort of of a young girl kind of looking at her mom and going like, doesn't have to be like this. Mm-hmm. And, and you know so much happens within a generation especially more and more now i think like even mm. the difference between generation x and y and z is like huge 
so I think there's this real there is a real awareness but there can be this real gulf between our experiences as 20 30 year olds to mm -hmm. women's experiences of you know kind of our mums or our aunties or even older siblings yeah it's a very interesting mm. kind of thing of what changes and what takes longer to change yeah, yeah exactly yeah that's very true um so my next question is that um do you, do you have have you had any like difficulties or challenges when you guys were running through this production apart from i guess covert have stopped you face to face um anything else i mean being an Asian Australian, I know that sometimes there might be an obstacle to gain exposure <laughs> into the mainstream. Yeah. Any difficulties or obstacles, you think? With this particular production? Mm, with this project. With this project. I think my biggest worry coming on board was being able to sort of paint a picture that's good enough. You know, it would have been really great if we were just like, all right, road trip to Singapore. <laughs> but that wasn't going to happen and also being able to stay true to the story you know like and for an audience that is not from Singapore as well like how much of Singapore do you introduce into the play before it becomes almost alienating to an audience that probably was a challenge I think personally mm -hmm. um and there, there was so much kind of debate about like you know accents and everything like that you know um, and so, yeah, I think it's, it's really being able to create a world that is Singaporean enough and tells a story of, you know, these women who are in a country that people may, may or may not have been to, but making it accessible for an audience to really understand. And also that the stories of these women aren't necessarily just for Singaporeans mm -hmm. um, as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, what about you, Sabrina? Yeah, there's some really good points, Nat, about mm. um, trying to be as true to the story as possible mm. whilst making it relevant for this audience. And I think there is some delicacy around that because mm. as far as I know, the play hasn't been performed outside of Singapore before. Mm. Um, mm. And it is a very different experience to perform it for a foreign audience mm -hmm. um and that, that that's little things like there's um local references and acronyms that mm -hmm. we don't know here that are just so singaporean like to do with the schools and certain companies and certain mm -hmm. places and there was a, a thing about like how much do you explain mm -hmm. things to an audience yeah. and how much yeah. do you just go like okay they don't necessarily know what that acronym is but it doesn't necessarily matter like it's mm. we get the, we get the context enough and mm. um so yeah like i think that's a interesting dramaturgical sort of ch challenge um for me personally i think like we were talking about earlier coming out of lockdown and launching straight into this thing um is just a sort of general challenge um I think we've all found the sort of like gearing from that's the sort of like inertia of lockdown to mm -hmm. then the sort of like mad intensity of coming up to a production is mm -hmm. such two different ways of two different <laughs> speeds of life. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the sort of like, wow, like you go <laughs> doing one thing a day to suddenly it's like, wow. But um, I, 
I think that's been really wonderful and it reminds me of like one of the things that I love about theatre is the, you know, we were all straight, like I hadn't met anyone before this production mm-hmm. um, and then suddenly we're at this crew of 13 a- across cast and crew, you know, Asian women and mm-hmm. we've all come together and yes. we've all got quite a, different backgrounds, you know, in the arts and also kind of culturally and now we're kind of making this thing together and that's such a wonderful thing about any collaborative art where yeah you're kind of the sum greater than the sum of all your parts put together and Mm. um you know we've got this amazing composer and uh you know set designer and lighting designer and you know it's all and costume as well Mm. and it's all starting to come together like we haven't actually Mm -hmm. You know, the show opens in a few days, but like the elements are still coming into place. So, not even the cast has, no one has really seen all of the <laughs> um, So, that's quite exciting where it's like, you know, yeah, on our preview, we'll just be like, oh my God, like, look at all this, look at the set, look at the lights, and look at like, the, isn't the sound amazing? And so, yeah. yeah, the, the, yeah. the magic of, of anything, like, theatre or film or whatever, when you see it all come together and it's like, ah, oh, like yeah. how, how incredible, like such amazing skills and talents and, um, yeah, the way they all come together is, is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, like Sabrina said, it's so interesting because the production team had only met on Zoom this whole time. And I think it was only last week that we all met in person for the first time. Oh, and it wow. was such a crazy feeling. You're like, oh my gosh, you're real. Like you're, you're here. Um, yeah. That, so that was really, really funny. Wow. That's amazing. I'm so looking forward to it. Um, uh, would you like to tell us about the detail of the show, the dates and the location, Natalie? Yeah. Um, so um, Three or Five Virgins Unassembled is at KXC Big House and the King's Cross Theatre. And it starts, previews start next Wednesday, which is the 24th, 24th of November. 24th of November. Thank you. Um, yeah. Um, tickets are selling fast. So please get yours as soon as possible. Great. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming to our podcast to talk about the production and share your experience. Um, I will be there with Jesse on the 4th of December. We already got the tickets. Um, we certainly do encourage our listeners. If you're in Sydney, please go and support the theatre's com- uh, production, the Three Fat Virgins Unassembled. So thank you again, Sabrina and Natalie. It has been lovely talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, so